It's Thursday, March 28th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're going to take a look at Medicaid and states that are trying to set up work requirements for healthcare coverage. We'll go deep into the debate over whether people should have to hustle for their healthcare. Then, British cybersecurity experts are raising warning flags about the Chinese tech giant Huawei's 5G networks. We'll tell you what this could mean in the race for high-speed internet. And finally, some big names are being honored at the GLAAD Awards tonight. We'll have more. We're here to make your Thursday smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about work requirements for Medicaid, the government program that provides free or cheap health care coverage for low-income people. Yesterday, a judge in Washington, D.C. ruled that Kentucky and Arkansas can't tell people that they have to work or train for work or volunteer somewhere in order to stay on Medicaid. The Trump administration has been pushing for this kind of work requirement for Medicaid for over a year now. In June, Arkansas became the first state to impose this. But this judge is telling Arkansas and Kentucky, which was next in line, that this is a no-go. So the big question is, why is requiring people on Medicaid to work so controversial? First, we're going to talk about where this idea of work requirements came from. Then, how it became a partisan football and how people on Medicaid are actually affected when they are required to work. Okay, so how did this idea come about? Quick backgrounder. In 2010, President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act, AKA Obamacare. One of the things that that law was supposed to do was expand the pool of low-income people who could get coverage through Medicaid by letting people in who earn a bit more. But in 2012, the Supreme Court said the federal government can't just expand Medicaid like that. The court said it has to be up to the states. And so far, 37 states have done that. They've expanded who can get Medicaid. But some states are saying they want something in return. They say Medicaid recipients who are physically able should work or volunteer or contribute to the community in exchange for receiving Medicaid coverage. Some states want to be able to kick them off Medicaid if they don't. States say expanding Medicaid is expensive. And if recipients give back, it could save the state money in other ways. The Trump administration and some Republican state officials also say these kinds of requirements to Medicaid could help people get out of poverty because they might encourage people to find better jobs with health insurance. That may sound fair, but tying work to health care is pretty controversial. Democrats and advocates who work with low-income people say health care and work are separate things and should be treated that way. And all that these laws mean is that fewer people get health care coverage. Health care advocates say that's a problem, and not just for people without coverage. They say it's a major concern for hospitals, too. If someone goes to the hospital without health coverage, hospitals still have to treat them. But because they don't have a lot of money, usually hospitals have to foot the bill. A recent study shows that Medicaid work requirements will cause hospitals to lose between $3.7 and $4.1 billion in revenue this year. So what impact have work requirements had on people getting Medicaid? So far, only one state has implemented these requirements. That's Arkansas. After they enacted work requirements, 18,000 people lost their Medicaid coverage. According to government data, only 2,000 of those people have re-enrolled in 2019. The U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says he thinks those Arkansans who lost coverage last year might have gotten it with a new job. But... 
The Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, which analyzes this kind of data, says it can't verify that that's the case. The judge who ruled in this case yesterday says that Arkansas's work requirement rules are confusing. He mentioned one case where a man with Medicaid coverage had a job, but he didn't know he had to report his work hours to the state. The state didn't see he was working, so it kicked him off Medicaid. He couldn't pay for his medications, so the man got sick and missed work. Because he missed work, he lost his job. So what's the scam? Kentucky was supposed to implement these work requirements next Monday, but this judge's ruling nips that in the bud. The governor of Kentucky has in the past threatened to roll back Medicaid expansion entirely, which would mean anywhere from 400 to 500,000 people are at risk of losing their coverage. Meanwhile, the Trump administration has approved work requirements for Medicaid in six other states. Seven more are on the waiting list. The Kentucky ruling doesn't change that, but it could have a chilling effect if states are worried that their plans will be scrutinized in court. And the timing is really key. The Trump administration is already facing backlash from Democrats for saying that Obamacare should be overturned. Democrats say voter concern about health care played a major role in Dems winning back the House last year. And it's important to note, at the end of 2018, there were 65.8 million people enrolled in Medicaid. That's one in five Americans. So expect to hear a lot more about healthcare and Medicaid expansion heading into 2020. The Chinese tech and telecom giant Huawei has been in the news a lot lately. Today, Huawei was in the news again. A British cybersecurity watchdog released a report saying that they found significant security risks in Huawei technology. But this isn't the first time the company's gotten pushback. There's been a lot. Here are three things you need to know about the controversies around Huawei. First, let's back up. What is Huawei? You probably know Huawei makes smartphones. It's the second biggest producer in the world, behind Samsung but ahead of Apple but it also makes equipment for telecommunication networks. Think the towers and electronics that make your cell service work. And Huawei runs those networks. In fact, their networks already serve about a third of the people in the world. So yeah, they're huge. And they're investing big in 5G technology. Huawei wants to get in on the game and set up as many towers as they can around the world first. If they're first, then they set the standards in the future. And everyone's going to depend on them to power their technology. This is a big deal because 5G is a big deal. That's the second thing to know. 5G, or fifth generation, is the future of super-fast internet, not just for your smart devices, but also for smart cities, and everything from self-driving cars to robots who do surgery. Compared to LTE, that's what we have now, 5G uses higher frequencies that go shorter distances. So instead of that one huge cell tower that has a wide net, 5G needs a lot of hubs all around. But more hubs also means it could be harder to protect and could be open to a ton of security issues. Whoever owns and runs the network and the technology will have access to all the information. Which brings us back to Huawei and why governments, including ours, are watching them so closely. The US, China, and South Korea are in a race to get 5G networks set up because of all those smart devices and how they can make our lives easier. But the Trump administration doesn't want Huawei to be setting it up here in the U.S. They're worried about China and that China could use Huawei's networks to spy on the U.S. Huawei says it won't, but 
there is a Chinese law that says the government can use basically anything it wants for espionage, as long as they say it's for national security. The Trump administration has been warning Europe against cozying up to Huawei, too. Last week, Germany shrugged. They said they're open to Huawei setting up some 5G towers. Huawei's equipment tends to be cheaper than its two big European competitors, Nokia and Ericsson. But today, like we said, there was this new report from that British cybersecurity watchdog. They said there were, quote, underlying defects in Huawei's technology and its security processes. They weren't worried about the Chinese government, but they said that hackers could use those defects in Huawei's 5G network and possibly shut it down completely. Unlike the U.S. and Australia, the U.K. isn't calling for a ban. Earlier this week, the European Union made some recommendations for how to secure 5G networks without doing that. They don't want to get left behind as 5G tech takes over. And they basically think it's Huawei or the highway. There's a big party going on tonight in L.A. Beyonce and Jay-Z are being honored with the GLAAD Vanguard Award for being great allies to the LGBTQ community. You've probably heard of GLAAD. They're a nonprofit that uses media to advocate for fair coverage of LGBTQ people. And this year marks the 30th anniversary of the GLAAD Awards. The Skim's co-founder spoke with GLAAD's president and CEO, Sarah Kate Ellis, on our Skim from the Couch podcast this week. We put people on that stage who are going to say something really powerful and impactful, we hope, and that will travel. And we want to give out an award, too. That's basically what our Woman of the Week segment has been all month, just without the trophy or the red carpet. So we want your nominations. Give us a call tonight and tell us about a woman in your life who should be honored. 646-461-6370. That phone number is in the show notes. Also in the show notes, we have a link to our Skim from the Couch episode with Sarah Kate Ellis. Spoiler, she and her wife wrote a book about being pregnant at the same time. So yeah, she's got stories to tell. Have a listen. Before we go, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the produce aisle. Simply put, avocados. You have to wash them. Yes, even though you don't eat the peel. Turns out, that's a thing. A company in California is voluntarily recalling avocados in six states. Arizona, California, Florida, New Hampshire, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. The Henry Avocado Corporation says it found samples that tested positive for listeria during a routine inspection at its packing facility. So what does this have to do with washing avocados? The FDA has been saying for a while that you need to wash them. Because apparently, one in five avocados carries listeria on the peel. The bacteria can transfer to the pulp when you're cutting one up. That's not good. Luckily, no one has actually reported a listeria infection from this case. Which is good because listeria can cause muscle aches, nausea, and diarrhea. Basically, a lot of stuff that will definitely ruin your brunch plans. And that's all for Skim This. Tonight is the last night to nominate your Woman of the Week in time for tomorrow's show. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 646-461-6370. That number will also be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to hit subscribe, share the show with your friends, and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.